And when I was born, when I was brought from the maternity house, first time home from the maternity house, my grandmother met me at the door. That was the first thing what she did. She put me on the piano and she said she's going to be a musician. <laughs> Welcome to Voices of the Ancestors, where we explore Georgian polyphonic songs and the women who sing them. Hello, the voices today are me, Susan Thompson, and me, Holly Taylor Zuntz, and we are both in Tbilisi. I'm so glad I can bring you listeners along on my journey through Georgia. I'm making sure to share snippets of life here on our Facebook stories for you to enjoy. And for the first time in our podcast history, we are working in the same room. And we are talking to you on our new Tula mic just arrived today, paid for by you lovely Kofi supporters. So big thanks and mad lover. We are now focusing on making the podcast sustainable, creatively, energetically, and financially. Despite our posts on social media, it's not all fun and games. Yeah, today it's sunny and warm outside, but we're here inside working on this episode for you. And to continue the podcast beyond the summer, we need to be valued for our time. So check out our new Kofi goal and see how you could help. That's ko-fi.com forward slash voices of the ancestors. Our guest today is Nana Mijavanadze. This was another first as Holly, Nana and I were all in the same room. And there were several others too. It was a surprise when our guest brought guests. Let me set the scene for you. Nana is sat with her uncle Rabuli on one side of her and cousin Marechi on the other. So when you hear Nana say he or him, she refers to Rabuli. This is a pretty significant event for their family. They haven't sung together for 10 years or more. If you've been taught by Nana or even just heard her sing, you'll enjoy this playful hour where she experiments musically with her family. Enjoy! So, welcome Nana to our podcast. It's so nice to have you here. How would you introduce yourself for us? Thank you very much for inviting and yes, I'm happy to introduce ourselves uh, to our audience. Uh, it's me, Nana Javanate. I am a musician. Um, I don't know if it's a right English by birth. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, professionally also I'm ethnomusicologist. So, and here I have uh, my uncle, Rebulim Javanate, my uh, father's brother he's uh, now probably 76 he was born in 1945 well so my math is good enough yeah. i think i calculated <laughs> right and uh, his daughter my cousin marekhim javanate and his uh, granddaughter marekhim's daughter lizzie <laughs> little lizzie so that's our that's part of our family Unfortunately, we uh, don't have with us our very precious uh, 
um, all generation, like my grandmother and grandfather, and my great grandmother, who I remember very well, and my great grandfather, who I never met. And were all of your family extraordinary musicians? Um, I don't like to talk about uh, how talented we are. <laughs> I think it's not the right thing. But for some reason, when I um, met Bray, when I met uh -huh. her first uh, first time, and she wanted to know about me a lot, and I never told her um, the story of my family because I thought that was very ordinary thing. Uh, but then she would insist and make me uh, tell more and more. And then I tried to remember things from my childhood, mm -hmm. about my grandparents, about my family. And she found them very, very special. And I thought to myself, why is this so special? I did not find anything special about this. <laughs> but then I realized, uh, then probably yes, because I was really was born in a very... A musical family, and I, since I was, <laughs> and uh, I remember uh, when I was born, I was born with music, and uh, I heard music all my life. Uh -huh. And when I was born, when I was brought from the maternity house, first time home from the maternity house, my grandmother met me at the door, entrance door, and took me, I mean, uh, from, she, she took me from hands of my mother, and it was very, very cold November weather, and she took me upstairs, and where it was very cold, but that was the first thing what she did. She put me on the piano and she said she's going to be a musician. <laughs> so that was my first introduction or touch with uh, wow. physically yes. with music. And uh, they all sang. My, I, I met my, as I said, my great-grandmother, my grandfather's mother, uh, Mariam. Uh, Jonia, who was extraordinary woman in many ways, very talented, and uh, she was also a very talented musician and a dancer. Mm -hmm. And uh, they say that she played this little tico tico. She, he, he also remembers that ah. you remember, you know, this very little accordion. Yes, yes, yes. Tico tico. They, she used to play this tico tico so well. Wow. It doesn't have much of possibility. Yes. This is a very limited. Yes. But her, she was such a great master that she made the whole neighborhood dance. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> it looks uh, like a toy, doesn't it? Yes, it's so tiny. but she was an extraordinary woman. She made yes. it like a real instrument so that everybody wanted to dance. Wow. wow. And she was actually, uh, now he remembers, I interviewed him a couple of years ago, and he remembered that uh, she, as a little woman, she was uh, made in a, in a noble family um, in Batumi. Uh, maybe she was like 10 or 12 years old and she was uh, educated there very I mean, by the family. Okay. She could speak uh, Russian and Armenian and she sang in a church uh, in Batumi. Yeah. And then when she moved, uh, when she married and was, when she lived in Ozurgeti, where uh -huh. I come also from, uh -huh. 
she that was the time when Armenians and Turkish uh, this genocide in Turkey oh, yes. uh, Armenians uh, left Turkey and lots of Armenians moved to Ozurgeti and in our neighborhood uh -huh. we have quite a bit of Armenian uh -huh. people families living and because she spoke Armenian yeah. she was uh, she was serving the government is a uh, translator for the Armenian community. Yeah, and I remember her teaching me Russian wow. as well. She was a very wow. special woman. So her n uh, nickname was a nightingale. She had a beautiful, very sweet timbre and beautiful, mm. she was singing beautifully. And he sometimes thinks, and uh, he, he says to me that I remind uh, him of his. Yeah, uh, grandmother, this nightingale. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not that. Actually, what I want to say, my family is very talented. Oh, I am the least talented <laughs> in my family. Well, I, I think some of our listeners remember, if they've met you, the one thing that they really remember is your voice, I think. Especially, I know yes. people, like when you've run workshops in the UK, and they say, like, once you hear Nana's voice, you don't forget it. So okay. maybe, maybe we can hear it. Thank you. Have, um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. These well. three wonderful family musicians in one room. Maybe now's a good time for a song. Okay. Jamie Robin Rarot. Is there a song that reminds you of your ancestors? There are so many songs yeah. <laughs> which would remind me of my yeah. ancestors, but. Maybe something which we could just sing together because we yeah. never saw each other, like three of us, for many years. years. <laughs> Maybe three of us together for wow. many years. Wow. We never sang together yeah. for many years. Well, so glad that you could come together for this. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be bass. Ah, very <laughs> good. We like. <laughs> yes. <laughs> he can play between us. I believe he can do... Hallelujah. 
have her deep bass. Wow. Wonderful. I don't Can you maybe anyone say something about that song? <coughs> Well, the only the the text of the song tells everything about it. It's a love song, and um, as to the origins, it's hard to say where it comes from. Or this is something which we've never investigated. Yeah. They just heard. Yeah. Uh, many times, and uh, it's something which you can. Uh, it's called like, as he says, something like you 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 could hum with humming, like quiet ririni ririni to to sing with ririni, which only he believes it's only Gurians who have this kind of ririni songs. So Merlebitsky, <laughs> Today you've you've come down um, from the village to meet us, um, and is this the kind of song that you would sing on a every day? Like, do, do you sing every day in the village? Is it part of your life? Yeah, this could this would be like the song which would be sung maybe this kind of repertoire for everyday. Well, I've never sung this since I was a child. But we've heard, uh, well, yeah. now it's less and less when we sing, I mean, not we as a family, we don't see each other, but families don't really sing unless you are a singing family and want to. But it's not, the, the traditional music is not as much as it used to be part of everyday life anymore, as you know. Yeah. Nothing new about it, sadly. But I heard quite a bit of, because we had the family which was uh, the, the house was full of guests every day, every single day we had guests. And I remember, especially in winter, it was not that easy because we had only one room heated. Mm. And uh, this was little, like maybe not even half of this. And uh, can you imagine with television, TV set, table in the middle, and the, the, the fireplace, and uh, maybe 10 people around the table, mm -hmm. mostly men, uh -huh. not mostly men, yes. <laughs> masculine <laughs> community, and smoking, and <laughs> hardly seeing each other, and singing and drinking. And I myself, because it was the only heated room, uh, just sitting in the corner and doing the homework <laughs> for school. And from time to time, I and my sister, we would be called by the guests mm. to sing. Yes. Ah. And we would drop everything, go <laughs> sing. <laughs> that was my, that's my memory uh -huh. of my childhood. This is the my childhood, most vivid childhood memory. Yeah. And uh, the smoky room especially. And the <laughs> singers, singing, because my grandparents were singers. 
their friends or the family, they also were singers. And uh, quite a bit of um, good singers would come together around this table and they all sang all the time, all the time. <laughs> yeah, and uh, therefore I don't, I don't learn songs. I, I don't remember myself sitting, practicing, learning parts. Yes. For me, it's just memory uh -huh. and uh, language, which I adopted since uh, I was uh, very little. And I was told that when I turned one year old, I sang at my birthday. <laughs> but uh, the, the same for him. Mm -hmm. I believe he's mm -hmm. more than, uh, because he had it's more experience generation. and better yes. ear uh -huh. as well and better musical memory. Uh -huh. And uh, he just can sing anything. <laughs> and it's, uh, he mastered this language. And uh, I think I, I was telling you before that I remember this photograph of him, which I could not find at home now. He's very little, he was very small. Maybe he's like four, five years old in this photo. And he's sitting on a high uh, chair and he has a big, I now I lose the memory of accordion maybe in his hand, and he, you you cannot see him. You can see only his feet, which is hanging down off from the, and he is playing the accordion. He would play anything he touched, and he was fun of the of the. He's a fisherman. He loved the water. And he loved fishing up to now. And I grew, grew with fish. I remember fish was my main dish. <laughs> and uh, our family had uh -huh. almost every day we had fish. But sometimes, sometimes he would not be a good boy. And he would use this... Uh, mm, Explosive? Yes. And one day... He lost his fingers. I, I know. Yeah. I saw. <laughs> but he plays with this. Oh, yeah, like, still plays. Oh, wow. He plays chonguri. He plays oh, wow. piano. If you don't see, look at him, he, you wouldn't tell he yes. doesn't have wow. fingers. And uh, because he had this special talent, my grandparents took him to the musical school, but the musical music teacher couldn't do anything with him and uh, she said I can't uh, this is impossible he was not the person who could sit and just you couldn't make him sit yes. and do something and also they couldn't teach him anything and then they told uh, my grandparents to take him to this um, special school in Tbilisi which is called the school by conservatoire I think it was the school for talented musically talented children and he went there and they left him there, but he could not, he dropped everything in about, uh, in, in a few months and he left. <laughs> and he came back he, because he was missing water, he was missing this crazy mm, kind type of life. He could not fit in with the disciplined, mm, that was not him, but uh, later, when I went to the college, musical college, I met this um, man who was the uh, deputy director of the college. Mm -hmm. And uh, when he 
when he heard I was Javanadze, uh, he asked me about Rebuli. And he turned out to be Rebuli's uh, classmate at this special. <laughs> and he said, are you as talented as him? I want to, were you a student of Edisha? Did you meet Edisha? Uh, yes, I met Edisha. And uh, I'm very great. I was his student in, you know what, uh, what he taught me. Well, no, he was supposed to teach me to transcribe the music. Ah, okay. To notate. To notate, okay. And, but we never had that. Okay. No, but we had just, he let me, gave me complete freedom. He would never tell me how to do things mm -hmm. or what to do. Mm -hmm. He would just give me freedom. And uh, once I remember when I finished, uh, when I graduated and I got back home, I remember one winter day, a guy who, let's say he was a kind of a singer, not singer, but uh, he loved folk, traditional singing. And uh, he came, visited us uh, in my house in Ozurgeti. And uh, we hosted him, and he had some. He never had been to uh, to us before, so he had this. He I don't remember what kind of request about folk music, and uh, maybe it's like now I probably am self praising, because but in a way, yes, I'm self praising. But it's more interesting in, from the perspective of Edisha or about. Edisha, what kind of personality he was. And he had a question about Georgian traditional music, and he said, he asked Edisha for help, and Edisha told him that, why would you come to me? You have Nana there. I was very surprised because I had done nothing before. I did not understand why, how Edisha could Edisha know what I could do and how I could do things, but he somehow made me my name, somehow. Mm -hmm. He was this kind of very, very, very modest, humble personality, unbelievably humble, mm -hmm. and the talented. For me, personality matters more than, sometimes more than talent. Mm -hmm. and, and I think they are quite, um, they should be quite, uh, balanced, yeah. or somehow they are balanced. So I know that you teach, you teach many people. Do you teach Elizabeth, who's here? Please, no. No, you Because never I never had the opportunity to oh. spend any yeah. time with my family at all. So, and actually, when we talk about teaching, I did not teach music even to my children because I, I've never been taught music. Yes, I, that's where and I'm... Yeah. For me, it's a little bit... Strange. Strange thing, yes. I thought that people who, who are musicians, they just are musicians. <laughs> that was wrong. I now regret I didn't do that with my children. Oh, yes. Very much, because... Maybe not all of them have this opportunity to be brought up like I was mm -hmm. in a very natural environment. Yes, I remember when I was a when I was little, I hated to go to sleep. My parents found it very difficult to make me sleep. Yes. So it was a big ritual for them. 
and uh, hard. Yes. And yes. Uh, then, then they introduced the method to uh -huh. make their life easier for yes. them. And what was this method? My uh, grandparents would tell me, okay, let's go and play. Let's go together and uh, we can play. And that was something magic for me and I would go because what the game was about was that I knew that they would put me among between themselves and they would start to sing and I I was supposed to sing uh, so three voices right yes. uh, the third voice one of the voices and the essence of the game was that they would switch the voices and I, I had to hear and I had, <laughs> had to find my place. Wow. And I loved that, yes. obviously. I yes. remember that. I don't remember how old I was. I was very little, but I can't tell you how exactly. Before school. Yes. Wow. Before my... Yeah. And that was the way <laughs> for them <laughs> to um, have me put asleep. Wow. She hears their, uh, her, her mother, yes. maybe not as much as I uh -huh. did. As I yes. told you, I heard uh, so many people singing uh, yeah, every, every day. day. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's changed now, so yeah. we have to teach them now. Yeah. Which is, yeah. So for you, teaching Georgian songs not in Georgia, but in other countries, to other nationalities, in the style of a teacher. What is that like? It was very difficult, yeah. especially in the beginning, because uh, for me, because I never learned yeah. songs, and suddenly I'm exposed to a group, and they expect me to teach individual voices, which I don't know myself. <laughs> and then I start to force myself, what happens is that when I teach one song a mm -hmm. um, couple of times, then it's easier, but uh -huh. sometimes, and quite a lot of time, and I like this kind of challenge for myself, I don't like to go through the same uh -huh. route uh, again and again, and sometimes I put myself uh, on this kind of, uh, it's like a um, test. Uh -huh. Uh, this is a challenge, as yeah. I said. So I just take a song which I never sung in my life before, <laughs> but I heard. Mm -hmm. So then I, I am in front of the group and I start to uh, hear it in my head. Mm -hmm. But all the three voices. Then yes. I had to extract one voice out of this and teach. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, nobody should know what I am doing. <laughs> I'm experimenting like that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, sometimes it, uh, I, I succeed mm -hmm. and it's good. And it's such a relief. Mm -hmm. But depends on the song as well. And sometimes I struggle, but still I should make sure that they don't mm -hmm. know that I, I struggle. <laughs> so now I am getting using, getting. Used to it, used, used to it, yeah. more and more, and uh, it's like training for myself. Yeah. I always say when I teach, I learn. <laughs> I teach myself. I yeah. I teach others, and I learn myself. Yeah. I'm not um, who, the person who thinks that Georgian music is the best. Okay. 
uh, thing in the world. I love Georgian music. I love uh, to play with that and experiment with this. But I don't feel... I don't like when we put ourselves on pedestal and say that Georgian music is everything because there are music is wonder mm. and there is this variety makes me like it's like a heaven you can fly and therefore I have my my the the, the times when I enjoy this type of music and mm. I want to experiment with that I want to sing something from that mm. culture or tradition so when kind you um, when you're going to other countries, either as a teacher or maybe you're touring with Satanao, do you feel you're also learning songs from those countries? Do you also pick up songs? I, always, I love that. Yeah. I, I want to. Yeah. And if I have time and luxury to do that, I'm very happy. <laughs> and I don't want to all the time talk about Georgian music when I meet other people. I want to sing only Georgian music mm. and make them listen to us all the time but I want to listen and hear their music as well maybe more than I, 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 I understand that it's the reverse here but. And, and do you do you create music yourself? That's I'm hopeless with that my dream is I want to so much because I have I have such desire to to compose uh -huh. and, but I have no Zero talent for that. <laughs> and is that the this same for all the family? Music is a very troubling man. I I tried once. I remember at school because I sang and they would make me sing for every single occasion. Uh, they decided I could make a music and uh, one teacher asked me to write a song for something. I, that was some occasion they wanted me to write a song and I could not say no. And I came back home and I looked for the lyrics and I found something and I wrote a song. Mm -hmm. Horrible. They love it. <laughs> they love it. But that was the worst thing I've ever heard and I've ever sung in my life. And I said, no, I'm never doing this again. But I want to. So interesting. That's strange. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange, but that's how it is. So you have to have the talent to write music. Because I've always found it very curious in the folk world. It's sort of the idea that folk songs are written by many people, by mm -hmm. a village. Mm -hmm. and I, I'm never sure, can that be? Surely a song is one person creates a song. Perhaps the village then changes it, yeah. modifies it. But Depends on what kind of... Uh, the con Depends on the context, yeah. I think. There are s s s communities where people are so much together. Uh -huh that they can be like very spontaneous birth. Ramets, I experimented about it on the Chavadal. Experimentos, experimentos. I just thought maybe we could experiment yes. with something. Yes. What he can do. For Great yes. idea. Yeah. In two voices. Yes. Hmm? 
but he says that we need sometimes bait, so he will he will insert. Yes, yes, play the game. He will run yes. <laughs> back and forth. <laughs> when you do it in two voices uh-huh. this is actually what this is interesting uh, problem uh-huh. or question you touched uh, on this when you when you um, when you said something about how music can be uh, bored b- b- yes yeah it's a very very special um, problem I mean the answer to it is very difficult to find. But, yeah, I think it depends on the context, but we can talk about this later. When, yeah, when mm-hmm. we've, only got, we've only got three of you here for a short time, but it would be sad not to hear more singing. 
By by very very talented Georgian uh, musician, uh, orchestra director, and the composer and the singer Chanso Kahidze. Yes. And I think also his uh, son. I think they did it together. I'm not sure. It's another story. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I'm yeah. not sure if both yes. are yeah. uh, the authors. He uh, definitely is. <laughs> Angelus tagundi galopsa lilo, ieso da bade pula lilo. Angelus tagundi 
singing when i come to the village more yes. maybe we can come together actually with this um, online sessions i want to involve them uh, to mm. record not on myself as a teacher yes. but also these those individual voices because rebuli can yes. do miracles with yes. the voices <laughs> yes, yes. So it will them. be sad because sometimes i feel guilty that uh, i bring the songs to the west yes. which i owe Um, which have come from so many people to many people yeah. also from the field work I heard them mm. and they nobody knows yes. them and mm. it's sad that they yes. know only me yes. and I'm like a second hand yes. <laughs> teacher but behind me these people who are beautiful singers and masters and um, you don't know them and it's sad in a way I feel guilty because of that yeah. so well maybe that's something good from the pandemic then because on zoom you can take a computer or something to these people in the village in very remote places and people all around the world could see them and know and yes, learn yeah. from them yes. yeah. and maybe that wouldn't be possible otherwise yeah that would be yes yeah. absolutely and also when uh, i um, paid for my work I could also share this yeah. with them, not only yes. myself, yes. because as I said, I learn from them. Yes. I hear, hear this music yes. from them. Yes. yes, that's such a nice idea. It so it's sort of paying it back. Yeah, right. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Not only paying the tribute, but also a little bit financial motivation oh, yes. for mm. them to. Yeah, yeah, and paying it forward as well. For the next generations to learn from them as well. So. Yeah, I was 
so happy that Elizabeth was here. It was like, it just felt so right that she was here hearing you three and hearing the, your family stories <laughs> from, from her family. It's like, yes, I'm so pleased. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so pleased. Yeah. So I would love to know about Satanao. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's an ensemble that you're mm-hmm. part of and you've been part of it for a long time, I think. Yes and no, okay. in a way, because uh, yes, we started when I was a student of conservatory in the 1990s, and then a uh, few, well, it started from Anchishati Choir actually, then Anchishati Boys yeah. Choir, um, Anchishati, oh, Malchazis not, not oh, okay. Boys, they recovered, revived, uh, as you know, church yes. music. They discovered this yes. on the shelves of the archives and they recovered this music and they put them back to life and they made it available, accessible to everyone. That was a big thing. actually Malchas who um, had this idea maybe and they started to sing in Anchishati and Malchas said maybe you could also do this uh, as girls group and we went to Jvaris Mama you know Jvaris Mama on Leselitze Street the fir- very first church yeah. down the yeah. and we started to sing there actually we were the first women's choir in Georgia to start singing uh, who also revived church church music and started uh, singing uh, in the church. Satanao is the later name, but the first group of girls, and I was part of that, they, we, we are the first women's group who started singing church music in the church, wow. and in parallel with Anchishati boys. tragic uh, historical events with the civil war and so on. Uh, we parted and I left Tbilisi because I was from Guria and I went back to Guria and that was impossible. That time was uh, so difficult that we lost connections and it was impossible to communicate. 
and uh, but some the, some of the girls who were from Tbilisi or in Tbilisi they continued singing together in Anchishadi. Later um, in 2004 or five or something I don't remember exactly. It was actually Malhazi's idea to uh, to reunite. Uh, but I was still in Guria, and what happened, the girls reunited and they uh, would ask me to join them if they had some gigs or... Yeah. Um, so I would go there from time to time. And that was very special because I had not seen them for years and suddenly mm. we came back again. And then they decided to really start a choir, but not in the church. We didn't sing in the church any longer, but just the choir to sing both church music and the folk music. And they, one of our friends, we it was not the only group, the group only from the old church choir, but it became wide, so some other girls joined in. And then one of the girls brought the name Satanao, and we became Satanao. And then I moved to Tbilisi, and uh, then I started with the, I moved to Tbilisi uh, upon invitation of Match Bray. And that's how I got back to music. Otherwise, I had, I had been doing completely different things, like working for non-governmental organization about health, uh, pro in projects related to health, Something about health, uh, yeah. reproductive health, yeah. the rabbit farm, <laughs> and so on and so on. And then Madge um, brought me back to music. Uh, that was very special time for me to make this decision to leave everything and go back to Tbilisi. And Madge brought me to, that was the first time, um, first country, England and Scotland, where she um, took me. Okay. to introduce uh, Georgian music to the community. She knew different communities in, in England and Scotland. So, and then I started to... Before then, I had never thought, <laughs> and I had never even sung in properly, I mean, <laughs> the, the, this music, except those little... I sang church music with the girls, but not folk music mm -hmm. until very late. My folk music experience is related to my family, yeah. mm. and that's only about hearing. Yes, just hearing. Yeah. So that would be Gurian music. Not only, Not but only. most of most mostly. of them, yes, mostly Gurian. Yes, Gurian. Actually, it's interesting because once we were uh, recording Tristan Guri Siharulice, Tristan Siharulice, and uh, my my uncle also was there for the New Year uh, celebration. And uh, they sang a lot of, lot of uh, Gurian songs. And at the end, I asked them to finish with um, Raval Jamieri, which was not Gurian Raval Jamieri, but Kachetin Raval Jamieri. And I remember, I never forget uh, Guri um, suddenly getting, he was such a sweet man, but suddenly he got angry. And he said, what? I would not like. I would not like to do this Chinese rubbish. No, he <laughs> said, and that was shocking. He was a beautiful musician, but that's so interesting that he found the non-Gurian music, not in, not uh, quite in quality music, not 
the quality for him was mm. just Chinese oh. <laughs> in very negative connotation. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that he was uh, not good musician enough. He just his language was Gurian, yeah. and he found it foreign language yeah. somehow musically. Yeah. Mm. But you've managed to step outside of that musically because you've been you you've just come back from Germany. I say just a few months ago. And there you've been working with Svan music. Yeah, that was my dissertation the the thesis. Ah. And I I say, I joke, <laughs> joke that I've become like, almost like Svan, half Svan, yeah. because I've lived there quite uh, for quite a long time. I have my Svan family there, <laughs> Changeliani family is my family now. Oh. I have a room there. <laughs> and I, they, they often say I am their fourth sister. <laughs> And uh, yes, before I went up there, I was not in sun music at all. But now I feel so much into it, and I I understand this music um, so so much deeper. Wow. Almost like sun. Almost. almost. I wouldn't say. Yes. Like, <laughs> and you're introducing that to international people, or you have in the previous years with the Singing Village project, right? Yes, you've heard of that. Yeah. We started this project in uh, La Houshti in, in 2011. Actually, actually, it was again Madge Brace initiated <laughs> her idea and I think it worked very well. And funny thing is that two years ago I was in the United States, in Washington, I was doing a workshop with a small group there, and after the workshop we talked, they wanted to relax and we chat, yeah. had a chat. And they said, one of the workshop participants, she said that she's been to Svaneti a couple of times, and I said, where in Svaneti? And she said, I don't think you would know that place, <laughs> because it's quite remote village, and where? I, it's, is it Upper Svaneti? Yes. And what what the village is? And she said, La Hushti. <laughs> and that was the village which nobody knew before 2011. Mm. And now this is a famous village, and I was so happy. Mm. <laughs> that and so proud and that was so strange that in Washington somebody tells me that you wouldn't know <laughs> but she knew it was beautiful Now to be women in this time when you said about Anchisati it was a boys ensemble why was it important to have a women's parallel group and why is it still important? I don't think it was about women uh, really it was just it was a small group of uh, enthusiasts mm -hmm. and some of them were boys some of them were okay. women and because boys it's a originally it's the music for men Chanting. Uh, women would not do that, and um, traditionally, unless you were part of the monastery nunnery, or okay. so. Therefore, this music would be sung by men. So men started because that was very natural, but they wanted to make it um, to I don't know to publicize. No, what's the right wrong to 
popularize, yeah. to spread uh -huh. it, to to make it. Uh, they wanted people to hear it more and to get back this music. So there were not many men to do that. And they said maybe because you are also interested in this music, maybe you could also do that. Okay. That was very very practical reason, yeah. nothing else. Mm -hmm. But there wasn't some idea that women were like less good at singing or less talented or something. No, it's I think uh, the the I think it's about just this the I don't know what the canonics of the church mm -hmm. require men to do this music traditionally. Not because men are more talented or they are more able. No, this is like a canonical thing. But now, this is um, not that important. More important now, today, mm -hmm. is that this music is sung in the churches. I remember one funny thing. When we started doing this music, it was so strange and so unusual because the, the, the aesthetics, it's not... Uh, something which you immediately understand. So it was foreign in a way for mm -hmm. us. But then we had these two schools, uh, Western and Eastern uh, schools, ch chanting schools. And because I was Gurian, for some reason I had this kind of uh, singing style in my head, Gurian, a little bit like folk music, you know, this yeah. kind of aesthetics or articulation or treating the phrase like that. And uh, when we uh, had to do something from Guria, the, the church songs, we, we felt that we had to do it in Gurian style. <laughs> so we sang it in a way like like this. Aesthetics was, this was slightly uh, folk aesthetics. So one day when we were doing something long from Guria, the, one of the church songs, the priest was so shocked and he just left, he stopped service and he looked out, what are you doing there? Are you doing Shavi Shashu? <laughs> are you singing Shavi Shashu? You know Shavi Shashu? <laughs> because that sounded nothing at all like church music, but more like shavi shashi. Amazing. But you wouldn't have known because, you know, this was a new thing, yeah. this, these church yeah. songs. Yeah. I see. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> what does Voices of the Ancestors mean to you? This phrase, Voices of the Ancestors. Or have you already shown it <laughs> with your family? Voice of the side? Ancestors. That's what our podcast is called. Voice of the Ancestors. Mm. For me, it can be a really a very much literary <laughs> voice mm. because uh, this voice is in my head, has been in my head. And uh, one of the voices I remember very vividly this is a really literary music, singing voice, let's say, so, singing voice, physically singing voice. And I remember my grandfather, because I told you, we had lots of guests and they had to drink quite a bit for hours. And then my grandfather would get drunk and he loved to, he would not go back to bed immediately. 
and my grandmother would drag him, uh, begging to go to bed and drag him to bed and eventually he would go to bed. And I remember the voice of my grandfather, the image, I still have this image in, in, in front of me. Um, we had this, uh, we had the rooms, bedrooms next to each other. And uh, because we were afraid of staying by ourselves uh, in our room, they would open the door so that we could feel that adults are there, just there with us. So open, and I, I often would be would see my grandfather who was sleeping, but sometimes he would just slightly raise his head. Tila, what tila? Singing in his sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. That was so, I mean, so typical, so common. And this is the voice of my ancestors I have in my head. I don't want to um, philosophize here. I don't want to make up something. My my ancestor's voice is about love. My ancestor's voice is about tradition. My ancestor's voice is about loving the country, so on, so on. It's about values, yes, because you are brought up with values which you inherit via the voice of your ancestors. That's, let's say, it's philosophical part of it, partly. But literally and physical, this is my grandfather's <laughs> image. Tila, <laughs> what? Love it. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, that was repeatedly, um, that was kind of repeating yeah, until he got sober. Ah. In the morning, <laughs> he was already sober. He would not do that then. <laughs> but a couple of times during the, the night. night, until I got sleep, I could hear that a couple of times. Wow. That's so brilliant. That's <laughs> Thank so you. Thank you for that answer. Yes. <laughs> I love all the different answers we get to that question. I know. <laughs> too. That was magic. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Voices of the Ancestors with Holly Taylor Zuntz and Susan Thompson. Our guests were Nana, Rebuli and Marahim Javanadze. We didn't have time to talk about everything. Nana especially wanted to let you know about her research work with Frank Sherbaum at Potsdam University. There's a link to the Seismo Soundscape Lab on our website resources page. It's well worth a listen, not just for academics but also for singers. It has lots of recordings and a new way of seeing Svenetian song. The music in this episode was by Ioloni, Anshuskati, Bassiani, Satanal and our guests. Sound production was by Johnny Darifi. For more information and to see a transcript of this episode and all our episodes, go to voicesoftheancestors.co.uk. And to help us achieve a sustainable podcast, click on Donate. Bye for now.